0: doing devotions with my team in Shanghai on one weekday morning at 7 o'clock or 7.15, whenever it was that we were doing our devotions. And at the end of the devotions, I thought it was a great devotion. You know, we read through the scriptures, we had a five, we prayed with our team as we did every morning in those Shanghai days. And after the devotions, one of our Our principal came up to me and said, so-and-so just told me he's quitting. Like today, like right now. I said, what? He's quitting like right now? Right after devotion? I said, what happened? And she proceeded to tell me how he said that during devotions, I targeted him during devotions. And I targeted him. I said, "How did I target him in devotions?" And I was really, really confused. I had, it was totally one of those blindsided moments. And proceeded to tell me, "Well, the scriptures that you chose and the scriptures that you are reading was it was you were purposely targeting him, and he's quitting because you're a bully." Something to that effect. That's just the. That's just it in a nutshell. And this is, when you're just, this is when you're just happy that you, you accidentally fell into doing something right. And I said, well, okay. And I said, well, let's go meet. And, and quickly got a few other things prepared real quick because I said, okay, I see what's happening here. And went into the meeting. And as I walked into the meeting, he was, him and both him and his wife worked for us and they were upset. And I was just sat down. I'm like, okay, well, I understand that you're putting in your resignation and because I was bullying and targeting you this morning. And he says, absolutely, those that scripture you read, that devotion, you were doing that intentionally at me. And I said, well, I said, the scriptures that I read this morning were actually, it was either part two or part three, from the last two weeks that I did devotion. I said, it's actually, it was actually just a, continuation of what we've been doing now for the past weeks and I did devotion once a week and Christina once a week and etc and I said so those scriptures have been prepared for the last weeks I said they I don't know what you're going through I don't know what's happening in your life but that scripture and what I spoke this morning has nothing in my mind to do with you and I said if you are feeling Convicted, And if something that I said or read is dealing with your heart, I said, perhaps you should take that up with the Lord and not with me. And he sat there stunned for a moment because he was 100% sure that I was targeting him and withdrew his resignation. And we sort of averted that for whew, for a season. <laughs> we averted that for a season. Until the next time I tell you that that simple little story because there, there are times in the body of Christ where there are different topics that get stirred up once again. And right now in this season we're in one of those times once again where there's been a, a precious doctrine within the church that has been stirred up in the arena of tithing and New Testament Christianity, and all I have to say is that I'm, and I'm going to say a lot, but all I have to say to start is that I, I sure am glad that on January sixteenth, 2022 this year, I preached a certain message that was pertaining to, if not exactly dealing with, this issue. Today, what we're going to do today is not taking and missing an opportunity to either defend or address or simply clarify for the body of Christ just doctrine and the Word of God. There's been, again, a question arisen in in recent weeks about the the practice and the doctrine of tithing, and, and frankly, I think it's a fair question. As a matter of fact, I'd go as far as to say that that every one of us should be on a regular basis questioning and searching the Scriptures for ourselves pertaining to all doctrines within the Word of God. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Not one of us should leave this place and live your life based upon, well, Pastor Jamie said. Lord, help me if you're living your life by Pastor Jamie said. Lord help are you actually. I'm up here doing my best. Each one of us in our areas of influence and in our areas of ministry are doing our best as parents, as leaders, as, as pastors, as teachers to lead people in the way of truth. And so again I feel that it is a fair question. As it pertains to the subject of Tithing is actually a very appropriate time, because anybody who's been with us for a couple to a few years now would know that there's a couple standard things that I do each year, uh, probably a few standard things that we teach each year as a, as a just doing due diligence. And, and one of those topics is the tithe. In January, as I mentioned, January 16th this year, I, I preached a message entitled The Lifestyle of Giving. And addressing the tithe and addressing a bigger topic of the type of lifestyle that we as Christians are supposed to be living well about mid-year which is about right now I normally take a Sunday and I once again go and address the topic and I take a whole Sunday morning and I, I talk about the topic of tithing and giving and generosity and work ethic and all these pertaining these, these um, related topics. And so as I, as I started, and as I've been sort of battling this week which with, oh, should I <clears throat> take up and try to give my view or not, at, towards the end of the week after having it kind of come to me from a few different directions, I decided it would be worth just bringing some clarity from this pulpit and from this perspective on the topic. Each January I search, I do a soul searching of my own as I prepare to bring whatever scriptures that the Lord is just sort of leading to bring on this topic. And and every year I found that I found that though the the main components have stayed true for for twenty-nine years, I do find that when for 29 years and probably haven't searched it for the January topic maybe let's say for 15 years for that January time frame, searching the scriptures on this topic I do find that there is more and more truth to be gleaned from it and <clears throat> so I, I do a soul-searching every year on this topic and I, I I try not to on any topic especially those that we would hold as as important not that any topic's not important but here in my heart that i try to make sure that i never go on robot mode everybody say no robot mode where we're just like marching to the beat and saying the same exact thing year after year after year some things never change and they are practically written in stone whereas other things as the holy spirit brings more and more Revelation, we can add to them. Number one, I'll start today as we open this message by saying that above all else, I am a Christian saved by the grace of God. Amen. Can somebody say amen? amen? I mean, Ephesians tells us very clearly in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. There's nothing that I can do to earn my salvation. There's nothing any one of us can do to earn our salvation. Our salvation was bought at a price through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. His blood was shed once and for all, our sins were covered, and we now have been reconciled to our Heavenly Father because of the finished work of Christ. Not water baptism, not tithing, not coming into church or the house of God every week or every Sunday, not even fulfilling the call on my life. Can earn for me what Jesus has given us freely Amen. amen and that's that's sort of the baseline of where we are jumping off from today and that kind of puts everything into proper context because there's no doctrine as important or as precious than that of soteriology which is the study of salvation that is by far the most important doctrine as to what the Lord has done in our heart. Now jumping over to January 16th, I am gonna take some excerpts exactly as spoken on January 16th as to as to not be or thought that I'm I'm backpedaling or trying to trying to reinvent a position. But on January 16th, we began by on that day and by talking about the tithe and the doctrine of the tithe by looking at just very simply how many times the Word of God mentions, or we could say teaches, on the subject of tithe. Tithe, tithes, tenth, tithing. All these words pertaining to the tithe were mentioned 53 times. Of course, depending upon what version that, that number might alter just a little bit. But fifty three times in the Word of God, one of those contexts, one of those words, tie, tie, tithing, tenth, as it pertains to giving. Nine of which of those times were actually mentioned in the New Testament. And so it's it's very easy to, when you can take something from, The old and as we can see in the new as more as we become more mature Christians and those of us who read our Bibles and and um, without embarrassing anybody, I just I was just told somebody who read their Bible within a month. Anybody ever read? Well, I better not ask that question. Those of us who read their Bibles, I've never read my Bible in a month. I need to get with it. I need to get with the program. But as we begin to read our Bibles, we'll begin to see how so much of the New Testament is directly quoted from the Old Testament. And we begin to, to see, and my, myself, I'm just going to talk from a personal point of view first, as I did on January 16th. And then we're going to come and we have a lot of scriptures for us today, which is when I realize that we're only going to get through just this message. But I believe and am personally convinced of the provision of the Lord in my life for the past 29 years and I attribute much of this grace of God in being able to be a faithful tither saying it simply I am a tither I've said that yearly here from this platform because I don't want it to be a confusing thing as to where I personally stand on the topic even as a pastor. I am a tither. I do not tithe to myself. Hello. <laughs> I'm not Aaron. <laughs> I do not tithe to myself. I tithe to our community, Reach Community, in the same way that you do. I am a tither, and I've done that and I've lived like that for 29 years. Probably not. I've been a Christian for 29. I I began to to like in and out practice tithing probably within that first year I told you of the story of where the conviction set in hard a couple years into serving the Lord when I got up out of church and I ran to the ATM machine in Manila, Philippines and I was just so convicted and for whatever reason I, I wasn't prepared to give that day and I got up in the service, ran out, got my tithe, got the seed that I needed to sow, came back sweaty and made sure that I placed it in the offering. And ever since that day, which was probably 25 years ago, 25 to 26 years ago, I have been, by the grace of God, not of my own work, but by the grace of God, I've been a faithful tither. And I can tell you and I can witness that I feel like this has been one of the key components in my walk with Christ that has just, brought continual provision for me and my family. We've never lacked, we've lived all over the world. We've lived in very difficult situations that we didn't always have a whole lot, but we always had exactly what we needed. And now after 29 years, we see that, we see the results of that obedience beginning to multiply in our life, whether it's Christina in my life personally, whether it's through our children, whether it's through you and the congregation that the Lord has given us responsibility over, we attribute all of this to being obedient to the Lord, walking out faithfully, and a part of that is, of course, being a tither for me. Similarly, to a person, if you want to hear God's voice, that person, that individual, should be reading their Bible. Amen? I mean, if you want to be a person who hears God's voice regularly, you have to be a person who is in the Word of God regularly. Amen? Amen? Amen. You can call it a work if you want to call it a work, but it's just a reality. God's given us His Word. God's given us certain graces, certain provisions to bring certain blessings and provisions into our life. The tithe, as we've seen 53 times, nine times in the New Testament, again, January 16th, we quickly went through this point, as we have at other times in years past, that we believe that tithing, the first, we don't believe, we see it in the Word of God in Genesis 14 and and chapter 18 through 20, that the first tithe was actually given by Abraham as a tenth to Melchizedek, 400 plus years before the law of Moses was ever penned. Centuries before the law was penned, our patriarch and father of the faith, Abraham, brought a tie to Melchizedek, who we learn in Hebrews was the pre-incarnate Christ. From that encounter of Abraham bringing the tenth in the very first book of the Bible... We can see, and of course we're in the OT right now, that the last mention of the tithe is appropriately so in guess what book of the Bible? The last book of the Old Testament. I'm sorry, Old Testament, not, not whole Bible. First book of Old Testament, last book of Old Testament, many times in between. As the scriptures tell us there in Malachi chapter 3, probably the most read scripture as pertaining to the tithe that sometimes we try to avoid and not reading it too often. Bring all the tithe, the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. So in the first book of the OT and in the last book of the OT, now let's Let's move on to, as we're not going to stay in any one place very long until we've we got to cover some ground today. We go into the New Testament now because that's really what the majority of us are, are interested in. We, we believe the OT. We read the OT. But we're like, Pastor, tell me what the new NT says. I want to know about the NT. I want to know about how this is applicable to us as New Testament Christians. We see first off in Matthew 23, 23, where Jesus says, actually before, I'm sorry, Matthew, before we get to 23, 23, Matthew 5, verses 17 through 18, Jesus said, Do not think that I have come to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to destroy. Fulfill. Everybody say, to fulfill. Say it one more time like you mean it this time. To fulfill. Verse 18. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one, I love this language, not one jot or tittle. (laughs) Not one jot or one tittle. That's the New King James Version will by no means pass from the law to all is fulfilled. And so we can see here how immediately how the, the OT law, and, and those of us, we actually taught on this just a couple weeks ago, the, the um, Genesis through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, is considered the Pentateuch, which is the, the law of God, but in a broader sense, the whole Old Testament is considered to be the law of God. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, specifically the law that Moses had penned. And it says, not one jot or one tittle by no means shall pass away from the law. So Jesus, when Jesus came onto the scene and revealed himself as Jesus, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, the Son of God. He began because he was pre- revealed himself in a pre incarnate form a few times throughout the Bible. There's a scripture, there's a, there's a sermon, I want to say, by, by Oral Roberts that he preaches. I I'm, I'm, might be missing that right now, but preaches a sermon of Jesus in every book of the Bible. I've got to go back and get the title of that. Thank you. Appreciate that. Is it Oral Roberts? Yeah. Oral Roberts, the fourth man, preaches a sermon of Jesus in every book of the Bible. And when Jesus finally revealed himself to us as Jesus, Emmanuel, Savior, Son of God, he came and began to teach us how he came to fulfill the law. So there's no aspects of the law that are done away with. Jesus just came to fulfill them and Everything pertaining to the blood and forgiveness, Jesus fulfilled within his own shedding of his own blood. Everything pertaining to forgiveness. Jesus became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. When our Heavenly Father looks upon us, he doesn't first see us, he sees Christ, the boat in the bottle. Illustration. He looks upon us and sees Christ. When when it comes to fulfilling the righteous requirements of the law, Jesus has placed His Spirit within us, changed our heart from a stony heart that hated God, admit it or not, to a fleshly heart that can actually have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. The Holy Spirit now... Through the Word of God and the Holy Spirit living in us now empowers us to be able to live righteously before our Heavenly Father. Can somebody say amen? This means all areas of, of the righteous requirements of the law. Christ with the blood. Christ with the righteousness. The power of the Holy Spirit for us to be able to walk it out. So Christ has come to fulfill the righteous requirements of the law. When we get into the New Testament, we start to to look into the New Testament teachings on the tithe. We can begin to see a a slight shift. And this is from January 16th. Go back and listen to it if 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 you need to. But there's a lot of the same, and I'm I'm adding to it here today. But in Matthew 23, 23, Jesus said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin, yet have neglected the weightier matters of the law. Justice. Everybody say justice. Mercy. Mercy. Faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. He didn't tell the Pharisees not to tithe. He didn't rebuke them for tithing. He actually rebuked them for prioritizing tithing over weightier matters. Justice, as it pertains directly to our Heavenly Father, He is a just god everything he does is just and right and righteous mercy pertaining to what he has shown into our lives he has shown us mercy so that we can become men and women of god we can become a christian faithfulness of course god being the one that is most faithful but then faithfulness for us to be able to faithfully walking out the call and the purpose and the plan of God for our life. Because He is faithful to us, we can in turn walk out faithfulness. These things are weightier, according to Jesus, than just being a tither. January 16th. So we cannot neglect The weightier matters. A life of religious obligation and self-elevating works would have us, would have you giving money in exchange of doing weightier, more important parts to our walk with God. Giving monetarily in place of giving your heart and or being faithful and or showing mercy, receiving mercy and showing mercy. Just giving can become an act of religion. In Hebrews in chapter 7 and verse 9, It says one might even say that Levi himself who receives tithes paid tithes through Abraham you can go get in Hebrews 7 it's a it's a really cool teaching on the tithe how it's actually a part that says men today receive tithes as Levi did through the loins of Abraham but here, we begin to see that even Levi, who was, who was the Levi, put it together, the Levitical priesthood, he himself paid tithes through the faith of Abraham. Before the law, before even Christ, before salvation broke forth on this earth, Levi, through Abraham, Paid his tithes through the faith of Abraham walking away, believing God. Abraham believed God and it was counted as righteousness to him. All going back to faith in Christ. In Abraham's case, faith in what God had spoken to him to do. So we can come to a a simple conclusion So far, that tithing originated in the Old Testament in the time of Abraham, but also taught in the New Testament, making tithing both an Old Testament and a New Testament teaching. With that said, we can conclude also that both Jesus. And Paul taught tithing in a different sort of way than the Old Testament. There was not the emphasis any longer as we get into the New Testament on that word tithing. It has changed. But remember, Jesus came to fulfill the Old Testament. But what has it changed to? Well, we now live in the church age. We live in the age of grace. So whereas the terminology, and this is still January 16th, whereas the terminology has shifted, and I'm going to show you from multiple scriptures here in a moment, whereas the terminology has shifted to the concept, to the truth of a lifestyle of generosity, in a lifestyle of giving. Whereas the terminology has shifted, the truth in all the principles found in the Old Testament remain firmly intact. Because Jesus came to fulfill. And here's where we, we shift to a much a much broader, a much broader topic. It's still the topic of of tithing because tithing is the idea that everything has come from the Lord and that our Lord God has the right and he's the only one that has the right to require a portion of everything back to him he started with Adam and Eve in the garden you can partake of all the trees but that one is mine don't touch that one we see what happened all the way back in the garden when Adam and Eve decided to touch that which the Lord told them not to touch. The principle, the truth, the sovereignty, the privilege of our Heavenly Father being able to designate a portion for himself is all throughout Scripture. The emphasis changed to that of a giving lifestyle. Luke 6.38 Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So right here, I mean, who, who loves Luke 6.38? We love, I mean, we love that, that passage. It's the idea of giving and how well we give with the size of the measuring tool that we use to give, the scriptures are teaching us that it's poured back into our life. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse seven, each one must give. Everybody say must give. Now it's both a starting with a commandment, but if you get a little nervous, it goes on to say must give as he has decided. Wow, this kind of throws a different little curveball on it. Each one of us have to decide in our own heart, not reluctantly, nor under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. We can take this scripture as as an individual scripture, and we're not doing, we're not doing harmeneutics if we do this, but we can take that scripture individually and say that, that if you're not happy, happy giving it and you're doing it reluctantly, well just hold it to yourself. And also be okay with what holding it to yourself produces or doesn't produce in your life. Second Corinthians chapter eight. Verses 1 through 5. We want you to know, brethren, that the grace, everybody say the grace. grace. The grace that God has given among the churches of Macedonia, for in the severe trial of affliction, their abundant joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity. For they, according to their means, As I can testify and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. I don't want to steal the Africa team's thunder for when they come and share with you in a week, but I'll just take this one story. In their Africa journeys over the past two weeks, they ended up at one church and they went all over the place, by the way. They had just blown away with the land they got to cover. But they went to one church and ministered in that church, and in that church's overwhelming joy and generosity overflowed into their life in the form of a chicken. That was the offering. Here's a chicken for coming. That's what we have to give you. A live chicken. Not Kentucky Fried Chicken. Not Popeye's. A live chicken was given to them for their offering out of joy. And it was a generous offering because, as they will tell you, that the lifestyle of these believers and of these people, we would look at that and say they are of the poorest among the earth. They've got to be. But they might look at themselves and think we are just as wealthy as you. And they overflowed with generous chicken offering that the team ate for dinner that night, the next night, that the team ate for dinner the next night. They got one of their meals, they got sewn into their Africa journeys. Their extreme poverty, overwhelming overflowing the joy in generosity you see it looks it looks different it comes from grace it comes from a generous desire of one's heart here's one that's really awesome i love this one romans chapter 12 and, and verse 6 7 and 8 It says, having gifts that differ according to grace. Oh, here's another, the the theme of grace popping up. You see, here's the thing. Not only in our giving, but in all areas of our life, the grace of God empowers us to have salvation. The grace of God empowers us to be victorious. The grace of God empowers us to be generous givers. The grace... We all have different giftings according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. If it's prophecy, then let us use it in proportion to our faith. Don't try to step out beyond where you have confidence of faith to step out and use that gifting. If it's in serving, serve. Some of us are horrible servants. All the horrible servants said amen. You're nervous to say it. I'm not trying to set you up. Some of us just don't have the grace of God on our life to serve people. Others have this overflowing gift of like never meeting a stranger, hospitality. Oh, can I help you? Never getting irritated with somebody. Some of us have the gift of being irritated. (laughs) It's the gifts of grace. We all have different graces. We're going with somewhere with this. Look at this. It says if it's in teaching, then let them teach. If it's in exhorting, let them exhort. Some of us are great encouragers. Other of us are just, let's just be quiet when encouragement is needed. <laughs> Go get the one who's good at encouraging. Right? But look at this one right here. To the one who contributes in generosity. There is actually a gift that's noted in scriptures that empowers certain individuals, families, companies, people to actually operate in this grace of generous giving. There's a grace upon them whether it whether it's just whether they have a lot and the grace is there to to give a lot, or whether it doesn't, that's not what it's saying. It's a gift of generosity. So it doesn't matter the amount. They could have a chicken, and the grace is there to give the chicken. The grace is there to be generous with what the Lord has placed in your Sometimes we think, oh, I just need to, I need to have a lot before I can start to be generous. And that's actually not true. You start being generous with what the Lord has placed in your hand. And some of us excel in this area. It's nothing for some of us to be able to give our chicken, even if we only have one chicken, because you have the faith and the confidence knowing that the Lord's gonna bring you another chicken to eat. Telling you. So one could deduct just from these simple scriptures, and we don't have the time today to, to dig too much into any one. We're drawing a very broad truth today, and we're, we're clarifying and bringing home a very broad, precious truth today. One could deduct from these four separate passages that a giving lifestyle could require even more than that of just being a religious tither, checking the box every week or every month and calling it an end of the day. That the Lord is actually calling the body of Christ to a generous giving lifestyle. It should not matter whether today we call it tithing or generously giving. I call it I start with the tithe as you'll see in a moment. But the terminology does not actually matter. It is making sure that what is indisputable, is that we as men and women of God are taking what the Lord has put into our life and we are using it to generously bless and edify others, including the house of God. I personally start this, and I call it the tithe, mainly because i have a conviction i have a revelation from the scriptures that that which was taught in the old testament jesus has come to fulfill in the new that conviction and that revelation burst forth in my heart almost three decades ago and it's something that i have had the conviction to walk out and live from the scriptures and feel today that the Lord has never let me down or has guided me from the scriptures otherwise. Because the reality is that a life of giving starts with each each one of us giving of ourselves. Let me put this thought into your heart. The greatest gift that one could ever give, many of us, if not most, possibly all have already given to the lord what is that gift the gift of yourself we have already how do you value your life i'm just curious how do you value your time here upon this earth because salvation is saying lord come be my savior forgive me of my sins Come and take the steering wheel of my life and I will go where you tell me to go. I will do what you tell me to do. I will give what you tell me to give. I will teach who you tell me to teach, whether to the farthest regions of this planet or right here in St. Tammany, Louisiana. It's saying, Lord, I Once we've given ourselves to the Lord, everything else becomes much easier to begin to put into his hands. You've already given him the thing that is most valuable in your life. No amount of money ever given to the Lord can compare to the actual cost of you giving Jesus your life he has bought each one of us with a price as valuable as our lives might be Christ's life and the price that he paid is valuable enough to purchase the sum of the all of men and women's lives who ever make this decision to give their life to the Lord. Giving everything else that follows, our time, our treasure, our resources, our talents, then becomes this individual response of a humbled heart as a result of having a personal relationship with Christ. I am of the conviction personally that since Christ has done what He's done in my life, He can have, and we've had the opportunity to do this multiple times in our journey over the past journey of ministry over the past 22 years, where my wife and I on multiple occasions have just said, okay, Lord, you can have the cars, you can have the house, You can have whatever was filling the house. We're going to the Philippines. We're coming back to America. We're going to China. Each one of those occasions, was it it a matter of computing a tenth or computing how much the seed was going to be? No, it's a response and saying, Lord, you can have whatever you want. The scriptures guide us into how to put it into a systematic practice. But the heart of the matter in New Testament Christianity is Lord, have it all. Fortunately, He lets us keep enough to enjoy life, pay the bills, eat, even have a car, and maybe go on a vacation or two or three for some of us. He's kind, He's gracious. We trust Him, we trust Him, we trust Him. We trust Him with our life, we trust Him with everything in our life. Giving is not a means of achieving a goal. It's a response of a thankful life. Let each man let each woman give as he or she purposes in their heart to give. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 Because of the grace and so great of a salvation, the requirements of one's giving life to me seems to have increased, not decreased. I increasingly when I'm in the presence of the Lord and I'm in the spirit, which by the way is not every day and every moment. I try, just like you. But I tell you this, in those moments when I find myself in God's presence and I find myself being impacted by the spirit of God and by the word of God, I can never remember a day where my thought, my attitude was withhold it was always and remains always, Lord, can I give you more? Is there something else you would require of my life? It's this ever-increasing desire to please the Lord, even though our giving isn't what pleases Him. It's the finished work of Christ we end with this last thought not every person in this room or every person watching has come to the same revelation or conviction pertaining to generosity tithing and or a giving lifestyle That statement is true in all doctrines of the Word of God. Not everybody in this room or watching has come to the same revelation as pertains to the baptism in the Holy Spirit, as pertains to the coming of Christ, as pertains to healing for your body. You see, to Him who knows the good he should do and doesn't do it to him is sin. We are increasingly growing and in learning and in increasing in our understanding and our revelation in the things of God. Our job is to be humbled vessels, reading the word of God, spending time in the presence of God. Praying in the Holy Spirit, which I have the conviction is accessible and available to all of the body of Christ. Spending time in the house of God, which I have the conviction is every week. In the house of God. Loving my family, Preaching the gospel, bringing my tithe and my seed into the house of God. The heart that is committed to Christ does not lack desire in any of these areas as the revelation from the Holy Spirit begins to be unveiled and burst forth. your life it's okay to me that there are so many of us at different places in our walk with Christ that's something that we have to we have to we have to get with as men and women of God not all of us are gonna be at that same place in doing the same thing not all of us as we read in Romans have the same grace and gifts operating in our life As a body, as a people, we're learning, we're growing, but we can say this one more time without dispute, that I do believe that every man and woman, and boy and girl that calls himself a Christian, is called to live a generous life. He who refreshes others will himself Be refreshed I'm a tither I'm also a giver I'm also try my best to be generous with the resources of all types that the Lord has poured into my life and I feel like this encompasses not only my financial life but this mindset this truth this principle encompasses Every aspect of my walk with Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet, if you would. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A little different today, I know. We can go into part two. It's called Planted. And, um, kidding, we'll start that next week. Part two Planted. We are the planting of. Lord that's next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. unless the Lord directs us a different direction but just open up your hearts today and we didn't earlier we didn't give an opportunity to bring our ties and our seeds or our our generous gifts unto the Lord we will make an opportunity right now to do that as the worship team leads us offering baskets are here at the altar of the Lord giving online information is above us and we can see that But as I pray, you can go ahead and bring your gifts unto the Lord. Lord, we just thank you today, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Generous, generous living, Lord. Generous lifestyles, God. Lord, we just thank you for your grace. Your grace that empowers us, Lord. Empowers us, God, to to walk out obedience, to walk out in generosity, Lord, to walk out the plan and the purpose that you've called us to, and Lord, we just give you all the glory today. Lord, I just pray, Lord, over every gift today that's returned and sown into the house of the Lord, and just pray your continued, continued provision over each family, over each Person, Lord, as we trust in you as our sole provider, Lord. You are our provider, Jesus. And God, we give you all the glory and all the honor. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. The worship team is going to lead us. you can bring your gifts unto the Lord. And from there, we're just going to end with some worship. If you would like prayer today, the altars are open. If you would like to go fellowship next door, the lunch is.